Welcome to Amplify. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Welcome, Ken Roshan on Voice America Influencer Channel here in Las Vegas live, and we are excited about our next guest. We've been uh, eager to have him on and share his story for quite some time. He's accomplished, and uh, how are you doing, Andrea? I'm doing wonderful. I'm calling in from Salt Lake City, Utah, and I've been, you know, Ken, I've been on the road since the whole entire month of November and now the beginning of December. So it's been a whirlwind of fun, and we've gotten so many pictures of people with the Keep Smiling cards, and I'm getting information to you today, so you'll be really excited. It will be exciting. (laughs) There's a lot of people that are waiting to get in the book, and we have had kind of a sluggish time this year getting them, so I'm happy. To- well, they are on their way uh, today, so that's super exciting. And uh, uh, tell everyone what you have going on, what's been going on in your world. Well, we uh, we did a Dallas event, Movers and Shakers, and we came out to Vegas to support the Ultimate Speaker Competition, as well as uh, Paul Fink's Maverick Live event. Very, very cool event really goes, takes a deep dive on the different personality types. And he's very, uh, very committed to people doubling their income over and over again. That is fantastic. My last event was at Total Skirt Boot Camp. And that's with Julie May. And that was quite amazing. And Ken, it's uh, really fun because it's all, there was only one person overlap of everyone that we know in the world and all the movers, influencers and shakers. Uh, well, actually two, you have met Angela uh, before. I'm forgetting her. I think Angela Bell, you met her before. Oh, we have some lovely dinging. I will figure out where that's coming from and get those uh, little angels of fun. Maybe those are cha-chings for every time somebody makes a donation for the keep smiling movement (laughs) but ken you had photographed her holding a keep smiling card at some big event down in atlanta so i'll reintroduce you to her again well actually i already did via text so super fun things happening in the world so um i did want to remind everyone that the keep smiling movement uh, we would love for you to have that in your heart this year for donations because we save lives with smiles by creating a dose of hope and we have a lot of people needing some love this year so Let's give them that hope. We want them to know that they can hold on. Pain ends. Go to www.thekeepsmilingmovement.com in order to make your donation. So thank you for letting me share that. Well, good. How about our sponsors? Um, our sponsors are menfashion.com. That's M-E-N fashion.com. The Red Carpet Connection, the Umbrella Syndicate. He's always looking snazzy and mymakeuplady.com and Voice America Influencers Channel. And uh, we appreciate everybody who has reached out and loved on us throughout the year. Let's bring on a guest. I am pushing the buttons now. I'm pushing your buttons, Jeff. And let me tell a little bit about Jeff while you guys are looking at his handsome face. Jeffrey Hazlett is the primetime television host of C-Suite with Jeffrey Hazlett and executive perspectives on Sweet Sweet TV and business podcast host of All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett on C-Suite Radio. He's a global business celebrity, a speaker, best-selling author, and chairman of C-Suite Network, home of the world's most trusted network of C-Suite leaders. He is a well-traveled public speaker all over the world, the author of four best-selling business books, The Mirror Test, Running the Gauntlet, Think Big, Act Bigger, The Rewards of Being Relentless, and The Hero Factor, How Great Leaders Transform Organizations and Create Winning Cultures. And he's one of the most compelling figures in business today and a Hall of Fame keynote speaker. We're so excited to have you here. We know you have been all over the place, like Forbes, Success, Mashable, Marketing Week, and all of that. So we're so glad that you've joined us here on Amplified with Dr. Ken Rashan. And I'm executive producer on Dr. Andrea Adams-Miller. So thank you for being here, Jeff. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. Anytime I get to get out and talk. A little bit with other, uh, you know, movers and shakers is always a great day. And hence uh, the lovely tour we're doing across the United States, Southwest Friendly. Uh, we're doing a movers and shakers mixer. So maybe you can uh, assist us and be part of uh, the media sponsorship of capturing some of these amazing people you've had on your network. 
Oh, that would be fantastic. Well, you know, we we have the C-Suite Network. And under the C-Suite Network, you have C-Suite TV, C-Suite Radio, C-Suite Book Club. Uh, wow. You know, we have over 450 podcasts. We grew that podcast network last year by a 450% new listeners. And it just continue every month. We set a new uh, listenership for, uh, you know, a record every single month of advertising uh, record, <laughs> just about everything. New shows, we grew shows by 120%. So, yeah, it's going well. So 450 backwards. I'm trying to do the math there. So you have 450 uh, network. Uh, is it shows? Podcast right shows. Yeah, podcast shows. Yeah, by 450. So what 450 percent in listeners. So yeah. we have oh. millions and millions of listeners. 120 percent in new shows. We'll we'll surpass that this year. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. be well over you know another 500 shows. So it just continues to grow. We're adding new networks. We're expanding into outdoor TV, expanding into uh, a whole host of others that that we'll soon announce next year. Well, cool. The conversation we love to have with leaders that are causing community and obviously inspiring hope is our message is that you share how you created who you are and then out of that who, your purpose, and then your purpose, your impact. So we're going to have a lovely conversation that if you wish, we'd love to add you to the Dose of Hope book and get this out to the 10 million people so that they can read about your story of inspiration. And also, um, I'm pretty sure, like most people we've interviewed, you had to go over some obstacles and get through some. Uh, who, who doesn't do that? In fact, my second book, uh, Running the Gauntlet, I wrote about to all the naysayers, op- op- opportunists and obstructionists who get in the way, we will beat you. You know, So uh, without question, that happens all the time. Cool. Every day. Every day. In fact, I wrote down today, I sent to one of my social media team members, I said, Today, I'm reminded that I need generals of go and not captains of no, you know, because we're, we're surrounded in companies. I'm a vice chairman of a online retail uh, shooting sports industry. Retail are the largest in the industry, and, and I'm working with them. And, you know, I go to meetings and I have all these people tell me, no, we can't do this. And why, you know, for it's not in the budget, this, this. They give me a long list. You know, I had that in my third book which was think big, act bigger. I made just pages of list of why people say no. And, uh, and you're surrounded with captains of no. And I just get tired of that crap. Well, since we uh, have entered that interesting part of the conversation, uh, <laughs> why don't we take a little bit of a rabbit hole there? So why do people say no? Well, I, I think they're not, they, they just don't either have the energy. When I mean by the energy, that means the mood and inspiration and the motivation to go to something much bigger than what they have. They, they operate in, you know, in that little, that little cubicle and that little circle, and they can't see the things beyond that little, you know, the blinders that they have on, you know, that's a a comfort zone. Yeah, well, I don't even know if it's comfort zone because it's painful for most people. It's a pain in the ass. I mean, they, they don't feel good. They're, they're grumpy. They, they, they don't feel fulfilled. They don't have all those things. I think, you know, who wakes up every morning and says, I can't wait to be stupid. You know, I, I just don't think they want to do that. I just don't think they know the elation that feels somewhere else. I mean, yesterday I had to pick up um, one of my partners uh, who was coming in for the week for the C-suite network and she runs everything here. And, and I was just, she said, you're in such a great mood. I said, just so many things are going great. And, you know, it was just a mood that I just said, Hey, I have to shift. You know, I just had read the, the energy bus by God, John Gordon. I read a book great? or two. Yeah. It was a great little book, you know, and I'm handing it out to everybody buying up every copy. I can get my hands on because it's not in print anymore. And uh, at least that I know of, at least a hard copy. And so, uh, yeah, it was just, it was good, a good read on the plane. Cause it literally only takes you about three hours to read. And I was, I flew back on Saturday and read it. And it just got me fired up, you know, those energy vampires he talks about. Exactly. Yeah. So, so many good books out there that you can get motivated on. Well, you know, I'm going to send you, because um, we're right near the, the cusp of moving into a new year. And I have, I have this series I started a couple of years ago called the 50 Book Challenge. So oh. I'd love to pick your brain on uh, modifying that list, updating it. And perhaps we can throw you on the front cover with me and we challenge some people to do 50 books. The idea being that you just get the book, you spend an hour a week. So that's not much time. We have 100 hours we're awake. You do one hour a week and you're going to be a different person by the end of the year. Just read every night before you go to bed. That's what I do. I, I you know, and when I get up, I read a, a few pages. Sometimes I can't stop, but uh, I have to because I'm a little obsessive with stuff. But uh, you know, I, I tend to go one thing up, oh, and then until I see a squirrel, then squirrel, squirrel, and then I go over here and do that when they do that. Cool, cool. So let's uh, take uh, the journey on how Jeff became Jeff. So uh, you're in New York now, right? 
I mean, actually, I'm in South Dakota today. We have an office and we've had an office in New York and with COVID, we've made some changes. And so we've consolidated that down, which is great. Saved us about 75000 a month in terms of cost. But uh, we went, we've gone more virtual. But today I'm in our South Dakota office with the team. Uh, but we have offices all over the country. One of the safer states, right? Yeah, you know, South Dakota was the only only state that never did a, a mask mandate. I know you can argue all you want, but we've been practicing physical distancing since 1889. So for us in this state, it wasn't so bad. Yeah, it's been pretty good. Well, I think the turkeys in South Dakota protect you. I think that's probably we, we got pheasants, turkeys. Yeah, we got it all here. That's awesome. All right. So where were you born, Jeff? I was born in Charleston, West Virginia. My dad was in the military. My mother was a bookkeeper who became then went into business for herself after my parents divorced after the Vietnam War. And, you know, I went into politics and from politics led me to business and business. I've you know where I've now bought and sold over 250 companies, over 25 billion in transaction. I've been a fortune 100 officers manage budgets up to oh, 187 billion. Uh, marketing budgets of like 17 billion marketing sales budget. So, you know, uh, and now I serve on, you know, like 12 corporate boards, uh, four of them uh, publicly traded companies, two in, two in Canada and uh, the balance of them here in the U.S. Um, and, and, and now, you know, leading the C-suite network as well as other companies that I'm either an owner of or an investor in. That's what I do, you know. Um, and then, and now to a TV host, I was, you know, as a judge on celebrity apprentice for three years with Trump of all, of all people. And then, then that led me on to do some stuff with Miss universe. And then of course, uh, led me to do a television show in Bloomberg and then led us to start our own network with the C-suite network. Man, I just asked you where you're born and I got all that. <laughs> well, you put, you know, you know, Ken, I, 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 you put the quarter and you get to go for the full ride, brother. That's the way it works. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, because uh, our book, our, our chapter is roughly 2,000 words, you can go up to 3,000. The first 80% of the chapter is how you developed and created who you are and um, yeah. creating a who that you love. So we're going to backtrack a bit and just see what happened in your childhood that may have uh, inspired you to be who you are today. You know, it, it, like it's like most people, it's always my parents, right? And what did I like and didn't like? I, mean, I was going to go into the military up until high school. I was planning on taking a, an appointment to the United States Air Force Academy. And my father was in the military. He was a career Air Force guy. So that was an influence. But then, then I found out when you go to the military academy, you can't be involved in politics. And I was very involved in politics. And in fact, had run for lieutenant governor when I was a high school um, back in South Dakota. And, and, and so I really wanted to go into politics, really wanted to get, get involved with campaigns, not necessarily be the person running, uh, necessarily, but, uh, be the person that was, you know, making change and, you know, eventually became a lobbyist for a number of years and was working on, on Capitol Hill and state government running campaigns, ran Senate campaigns. So right in DC. Right. Um, and I lived in D.C. for a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And I worked for George. I went to work uh, right away in college for George McGovern. He was U.S. senator. Of course, he lost in 1980 in, in the Reagan uh, landslide. He lost to a great guy named Jim Abner, who was a senator for a couple of terms. Jim Abner was a congressman. Um, really not a good man. Good man. Even though he was on the opposite side, I still, you know, that's the cool thing about being in South Dakota. Even though, the, you know, you might be on one party, the other party, we still like him. You know, we yeah. still get along. We still have a conversation, you know, and uh, that's the unique thing about South Dakota as opposed to other states, I think, where, you know, you hate the guy across or hate the woman across from you because of their political views. And we we tend to be a lot more central and populous. So I kind of like that. Well, I, I missed an opportunity to give a shout out to our lovely friend, uh, Dr. Greg Reed, who yeah. put the secret knot together. I think that's where I met you the first time. And I think I've met you most times frequently. Yeah, most most recently, that's where we've always we've always run into each other. Although I've been a big fan of the book uh, and Smile and what you've been doing with that and the other projects that you've been doing. I mean, to be able to utilize different pieces of content to get the brand out, you know, that's a big thing uh, that I believe in, in terms of the brand of you. And that's, I mean, that's how I got started where I'm at now with the with the speaking. You know, I've been I usually speak a couple hundred times a year. Now with COVID, I've actually been speaking like three or three to four hundred times a year because it gives you a greater opportunity. It's one of the impacts I think that COVID has had. It made, you know, days became weeks, weeks became months, months became years. 
and it, it accelerated our, our time frame for doing things and changed it, you know, and a lot of speakers are talking about, you know, geez, I can't wait to get back on stage again. And I'm going, I can't wait till I never step on another stage again, because I like this venue. I like being able to, to hit the masses more uh, with the message and utilize different tools. But yeah, Greg was where we met was secret now. Well, you always command a stage with uh, humor and great charisma. But well, this last you. time, I really love enjoyed. the humor. Love yeah, the humor. <laughs> I really enjoyed your story about the the farm, the pheasant farm. It was pheasant my farm. pheasant story is one of my signature stories that I've told for years. And I sometimes, uh, you know, audiences don't uh, groups don't want me because I use a bad word in it. But you know, I'm, I use the f word. But it, it it comes out of nowhere and it brings the house down. And it's a great story. It's a and you know what, Ken, the best stories are the ones that are true. And that's a true story where I lost my ass, you know, raising pheasants and, uh, and, you know, anyway, so. Well, they do bring attention to that area. Yeah. I don't want to tease the audience. And by the way, my audience is a little bit more educated. So they know that pheasant start doesn't start with an F. So you can use the F word. Yeah. (laughs) Well, in my, in my vernacular, they start with an F. That's why we hunt them down. We hunt them down here in the state of South Dakota. But yeah, it's a great, it's a great little story. You know, you know, that always prompts a lot of people say, Hey, Jeff, what was your, you know, they think, Oh, that was your worst mistake you ever made business. They always ask me, what's the worst mistake you ever made business. I always tell everybody, I don't know. I haven't done it yet, which means whatever the big one I've done before, there's always a bigger one later on. And that's one of the cool things you have to kind of keep in mind around business. You know, you're going to always kind of, you're always going to make mistakes. That's okay. Just as long as you don't die. That's, that's the thing. And if no one dies, you're okay. Yeah. The more mistakes you're making, the more you're actually getting uncomfortable. Yeah, sure. I like that. I mean, just, you keep refining it. Just don't, you know, don't, don't kill yourself. That's the key. Well, I don't think I've really shared this uh, publicly, but since uh, you're an author, I don't know how the first book went for you, but I, I talked to I've talked to people that have literally done 20 books before they were recognized, and I'm at 35. I still have not been recognized, but but my first book I lost about twenty thousand dollars from uh, really bad decisions of who I put on my team to edit, etc. And it was a catastrophe. And then I said, you know what? I'm either not doing a book again, or I'm redoing this book the right way. So that was uh, if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't be so passionate well, it, it's so funny you you say that too ken because the, the you know the you know there's over three million business books that are published every single year the average business books might might be about four or five thousand copy in its lifetime right. now and i'm a believer if you got if you got a heart problem go to a cardiologist not a general practitioner and i and just so funny because i just got off the phone right before i called in for the show with my agent and she was my agent on my first two books and of course now i've done four about to do a fifth book and, and after so long, I didn't, I didn't need an agent, but I've always used her nonetheless to do all the business terms and everything else, because, you know, we're at a stage now where we, we can kind of do things on our own. You know, we've been through the TV shows we've been through, we kind of learn and I've got a team and it's my son who, who leads that. And he's been doing it now for, you know, 15 years and has really developed a real skill set for it and one of the best in the business. But yet we're still involved with her and I was buying back the rights of all my other books. And, um, and I was lucky because I, I had an agent, um, you know, I hear I was in the corporate world. She was after me for 14 years to write a book, write a book, write a book. And finally, as I was leave, leaving as the chief marketing officer of Eastman Kodak, I said to her, Hey, I'm ready to write that book. And so we went the traditional route and with McGraw Hill or excuse me, first book was Hachette. Second book, McGraw Hill. The next two books were with entrepreneur press. And, um, and so anyway, I was lucky enough to, you know, sell about a hundred thousand copies of my first book. And my second one was even bigger. The third one's even bigger. And the last one's been really good too. But, you know, uh, yeah, we're buying them all back because I want to do more foreign rights and, and, uh, utilize them for, um, other things. And the other thing is when you buy your books back from your publisher, you can get the, all the books back at a discount. You know, you can get, you know, it's really cool. Cause when they, they're ready to get out of the business after, after about two years, they, there's a tail, long tail to that book and they're not interested in stocking them. So I just give them a bulk buy, buy them all. And, uh, you know, now I got nine, 10,000 books coming to ship into the office where I don't even know where I'm going to stack them, but, but what the heck I'll sell them. I'll sell them. Well, with that many speaking opportunities, uh, it would be almost impossible for you not to. Yeah, we'll sell them and we will feel pretty good about it, you know, and then we, of course did, you know, my, uh, the audio tapes do really well. I always like the audio tapes. They, that's mm-hmm. fun to do. I love to narrate them too. 
Although, have you, have you ever done have you, Yeah. Have you done that before? No, I, I am actually intrigued about doing it next year. I tell you what, when you do them and you do it like for Audible, which is who's got my contracts for the books, and you have to do every word exactly, even though if you wrote it and it's your voice, and sometimes I might skip a word, they make you go back wow. and actually get the word for word the way it is. If you miss a D and uh, an and or whatever, they make you go back because it, it, it's copyrighted. And so therefore they want the, the exact wording. And I was thinking, geez, it's my book. You know, I should be able to cut a few words out if I want or embellish and they don't let you do that. Well, I would like you to tell the pheasant story, but since we're talking about the books and we went there, do you have the four books handy? I I have, uh, yeah, they're on the, my back of them. I got, yeah, there's the mirror test, uh, Think Big, Running the Gauntlet, and the Hero. Do you mind uh, grabbing them and just uh, doing, sure. showing the cover? Sure. And also just yeah, one we'll second. let you yeah. be your own one fan. <laughs> I can I'll take a coffee break. And, uh, uh, so I'll, I'll talk a second. Ken, to give you a yeah. second to drink. Um, you know, some of the things that I would love for Jeff to share with us is the Hero Factor book. He talks about um, the, uh, what is it, the, like how low energy, attitude, and mood are all symptoms of a much bigger problem. And because we are the Keep Smiling movement, when he comes mm -hmm. back, I'd love, and you guys have shifted to a different spot, I'd love him to talk about that. Because that, to me, goes right along with how people have who have low energy and bad attitudes and a negative mood, how that affects their whole entire life, like the Keep Smiling movement is trying to reverse. So when you guys have a chance, I'd love to go to that. Cool. Are, are these sequential books like you wrote one and you said, you know what, the next thing that should be said is this. and, I, and the Yeah, pretty one. much. That's how I did it. The first one, The Mirror Test, which I really love. And this is the cover of the first one. And at first, I, I didn't like the cover, but the, uh, but the, here's what happened. When I was talking to the publisher, they said that the, the CEO of Hachette designed the cover. I said, I love it. I love it. You know, that's <laughs> one of the things you have to learn is you got to compromise, you know, and although a lot of people who write books, they're like so into it and say, well, I mean, by the way, most people think, oh, the writing the book's the hard part. It's not. It's the selling of the book is the hard part. And, mm. and when you, everybody thinks, oh, I'm done. I wrote my book. No, that's when the work begins. OK. Yeah. And it's that pre-sales. But, yeah, this is a book that I, the mirror test. I really love. It's still still being out there. It's 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 uh, it's in the top fifteen hundred um, all the time. It's done well. The second one was running the gauntlet. Oh, wait, was, uh, the mirror, mirror test. Let's go back to that for a second. Yeah, I sure. Want, I want you to talk for 30 seconds. What's the reader getting out of reading your book? It's really about the hard questions you got to face in business or in anything, most things in life, about looking in the mirror and asking yourself the tough questions. You okay. know, who you want to be, how do you want to run your business, the values that you want to run around it, what do you want to get in terms of conditions of satisfaction around uh, the things you're doing in business or in life. And that's really what it was about. So this okay. is really about the uh, startup. I, I wrote it while I was at Kodak, although I was never allowed to use the name Kodak, although it said it 17 times in here, um, because they were really conscious of the, the, I was surrounded by lots of captains of no. In fact, that's where I came up with that phrase, the captains of no, uh, mm -hmm. because they, I had to sit, I remember sitting in uh, at the New York Stock Exchange in the corporate boardroom, New York Stock Exchange, with an attorney going through the manuscript word by word by word because we were about to go and ring the bell and we were having a board meeting there. And, and I was they knew I was leaving the company. And so we were going through uh, this particular piece. So it's crazy. Well, I, I the cover I do think is a very compelling cover. And I wanted to just say that you pick a wrong cover and you might have one tenth of sales because it's, it's a driver. Yeah. And well, I, always, yeah. I always tell my authors that when you finish your book, you are now ready to get on the track. And cause I said, yeah. that's, that's where the marathon starts. Yeah. And you really got to think about what's on the spine too and how it yeah. pops out. You know, that's an, that's another thing most people don't think of. And this one actually has is, is embossed. So it's oh, raised cool. letters. It was a little richer. They put a lot of promotional behind it. And look, I have um, the Donald Trump, Mark Burnett, Donnie Deutsch at the time, Linda Kaplan Thayer, and then Christy Hefner of Playboy were my were my names on that book. So it was kind of cool. Are you going to sell these as a box set uh, when? Uh, Ooh, that's a good idea. Never thought of that. Yeah. I well, should, look yeah. at you, Ken. Yeah, I love it. I'm I'm applying for your uh, your agent assistant. There you go. I like that. I like that. That's a cool thing. This one, the, the running the gauntlet I wrote, and this one was a little unique. On the back of that one, I got Damon John, Gary Vandercheck, Ivanka Trump, and then Darren Hardy who was at Success. 
all good friends of mine. Um, and uh, and I did. I said to the, the naysayers, opportunists, obstructionists who st- do their best to stop the progress of changing an organization that we will beat you. And this is all about running and having captains of no try to stop you. Now, what was really unique about this book and what I did in this particular book is that the beginning of every chapter was is a is a, uh, a uh, what do you call those? Uh, a QR code, except this is a very special QR code. And this QR code would take you to a video of me telling you about the chapter in the book. This particular book, now most books and almost all of them are the same. You know, if you look at every book, they're all the same. They're all the same. They're 10 chapters, 5,000 words, 50,000, 50,000 words. That's what they, that's the standard book. They're all the same size. And so I said, look, I want 35 chapters, 1,500 words, and that's what we want to do. And I said, why do you want to do that? I said, so what do you care? It's the same 50,000 words. So shut up. Let me do it. And so I put a <laughs> QR code in there and I got paid for the QR code. Um, every chapter uh, heading was 140 characters or less. So everyone was a tweet. And the first 250 words was a block. Brilliant. That's what, that's what we did to promote. Break, We're going to pick up the, uh, the next two in the beginning of the break when we come back. And this is Ken Rashan on Amplified Influencer Channel. And we are excited with the conversation we're having with Jeff. We'll be back in a minute. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. Welcome back. This is Ken Rashan live in Las Vegas on the Influencer Channel, Voice America. We are so excited to have Jeff on the show and sharing his wisdom. We are going to fit a lot in the next 27 minutes. We're going to talk about his uh, two books and then his new book he's working on, as well as we may tease you with his one of his my favorite stories he shared, the pheasant one. And then we're going to talk a little bit about some of the challenges and how to approach 2022. So, Jeff, you want to continue uh, the saga, as it were. Oh, and by the way, you heard it first. If a box set comes out, that yeah, you're responsible. <laughs> you're responsible. You're responsible. I haven't thought about that. We, I, I literally haven't. Usually, I do think about it. this. What this cover is also embossed. By the way, Tony Shea uh, is on the front cover. It says Tony Shea from uh, Happiness Officer, and of course Zappos. And he wrote, "If the shoe fits, wear it." Jeff's advice fits any heart trait charging business owner and leader it was a great, great quote. We're of course, so sorry to hear, you know, Tony lost his life last year. Um, mm-hmm. um, but he was a good friend. He was a quiet guy. If you ever get a chance to know Tony, I used to, when I was in Vegas would usually I wouldn't had uh, drinks or dinner with him. And uh, he always liked to meet downtown cause he was a big downtown guy. And then of course I always ran over and met with Penn Gillette from Penn and Teller. He and I were on the celebrity apprentice together, became good friends. We actually became friends before he did the show 
but yeah, we were, we became good friends over the years. He's always a fun. It's always fun. I don't know if you know about this with Penn Gillette. He doesn't believe in God. So I was, I always say, thank God about everything and, or, you know, say praise Jesus or something just to piss him off. And it's always a fun conversation. So, but this well, was that- a, this, this was a fun book. I, this was all, this was, this, I went to McGraw Hill on this one. The next bit, the next book I did with entrepreneur. That's, the third, Press. Book? That's <laughs> the third, third book. It's called think big, act bigger, the rewards of being relentless. And that was a photo that I actually shot in the boardroom of CBS. I was doing a pot, CBS got into podcasting and I was their anchor for the business side, Boomer Sison Sports, Carson Daly on pop, and then Jennifer Beal was health and beauty. And then each one of us had a silo, meaning we were the, you know, the, the face of the network. Um, for that particular thing. So it was great. You know, I went for a, went to doing commercials on, on 60 minutes. Uh, uh, Leslie Stahl and I did a big commercial for the network one time and it was really kind of fun. And then they got out of the business and that's what started C-Suite radio. Uh, this is when I finally put my, put my face on, you know, I thought, well, geez, I, I thought I had to be, I was vain enough to say, I'm going to put my face on it. I thought it was eye candy, you know, unfortunately it was super chunky size, but this book was the funnest book. And by the way, I should note every book that I've written is done with Jim Eber. Jim's out of Boston. He's a ghostwriter. He's done all four books of mine. And what's really been great about Jim, Jim, the only book Jim had done before he did my book was a cookbook. And, but we met on the phone and we liked each other. And I drove up to uh, Boston or took the train up to Boston. We spent a day planning out each of the, you know, each book. That's what we do. We sit down, we plan the book and figure out what we want, throw up the kind of 10 chapters I think I'm going to do. And Jim has captured my, my voice so much that his wife says, don't give me that Hazlet when, when he's sassy with her and he see, he projects me in some conversation. She says, don't, don't you act like Jeff Hazlet. And so it's fun. It's fun. That it's, and so it become fun. I've watched his kids grow up, his son grow up. It's great. And the well, last let's book, third book, let's do the third book for a second. So I'm excited about the fourth book. That's yep. the one I have. But the third book, you said it was uh, really a lot of fun. It's a fun book. So t- yep. talk to me about what's so fun about it. Well, I just talk, I take the, the, the piss out of, of, of why you don't, do things. Why don't we make moves? Why don't we do things? You, you know, uh, Dr. Adams Miller, you, you mentioned, uh, talked a little bit about mood. And I talk a lot about mood in this book that, mm. you know, mood will change everything. I mean, people talk about culture and culture and culture. I said, no, no, focus more on mood and then get to culture. Culture takes a long time to put in place. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, I was Kodak, your Kodak, everybody's Kodak. But, you know, if you walk into a restaurant and the restaurant is got a great atmosphere, but the food's bad. You still go back because you like the atmosphere. But you know, if the food's good and the and the mood sucks, you'll never go back. And so that's so mood is such a big thing. You can really sense what a business is like when you walk in. You can get its cadence, its feeling, just by walking in the business. You can tell if it's got great energy or not, and um, you can see it. You can see it online, actually, everything. And so. That's what the book is all about, you know, being relentless, just, you know, blowing through and making things, uh, make things happen. And, um, you know, and I just love this was my funnest book that I have ever written. And, you know, how I spend time, the way I, you know, things like that, that I just get given this book. And I just talk about killing squirrels and, you know, how you got to get focused and and doing the things you got to do. So I really, I really like this one. I probably get more comments on this book than any book. And so that's what's really good. And in fact, the endorsements on this book were Barbara Cochran, Penn Jillette from Penn and Teller. Uh, his was Think Big act bigger cuts through the bullshit and reveals there is no illusion to success. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, I Pierce think we Mort- need a disclaimer really quick, Jeff. Yeah, no actual my, squirrels yeah. were injured in this no, book. No squirrels but, were. No squirrels <laughs> although were. the pheasants were. <laughs> no. I got Pierce Morgan and, and, and my, my good friend Harvey McKay. Nice. And, um, yeah, it was kind of nice to do the get the endorsement. I don't do endorse. I don't. I endorse books all the time. I don't my last book was the hero factor. And on this one, I didn't use one endorsement. And the reason for it is really around the theme of the book and how great leaders transform organizations and create winning cultures. And it's all about being a hero leader. And what I mean by that is by living your values, by, 
by focusing on the values in those companies that are hero companies gross more dollars than any other companies in their industry. They make more money than any other company. They have uh, employees who are more engaged, customers that are happier, and vendors who want to do business with them. And, you know, when they walk through their community, you actually see everybody points at them and say, well, there goes a hero business, which everybody knows these are the businesses that take care of the Little League. These are the businesses that take care of the Symphony, the, the walkathons, and things like that. They're just great. And they, they're, they're, it, they're leaders who, who put people over profit. And, mm-hmm. you know, and this, this got, got to me. I started it with because there's a guy named Rob Ryan who started a, the, the Hero Club. And he came to me over a number of years ago and said, hey, I, I want to say the Hero Club. Like, I, like I want to buy the Hero Club. And he said, no, no, give me a dollar. And I gave him a dollar. I mean, he's a billionaire. When he sold his company back in 1996, he sold it for uh, 20, $26 billion. Mm-hmm. Um, or r- roughly around that, or maybe it's 24.5, something like that. He sold it for a lot of money. And when he sold it, he, he set aside a percentage of it for every employee, making oh. the single largest number of millionaires ever created in one day. And he didn't have to do it. He did it because it was the right thing to do. And so, and these, these people that would work for him would walk up to him and say, Mr. Ryan, you don't know me, but I'm the night janitor and I can send my kids to college. You're my hero. And, or the, you know, uh, uh, the janitor would come up to him or to, to Terry, his wife, who was the chief legal officer and say, Mrs. Ryan, you don't know me, but I'm the, I'm the janitor. And I, I can now pay for the operation for my mother-in-law. She's got cancer. She's going to live. You're, you're, you're our hero, you know, and they didn't feel like heroes, but they felt like they should do the right thing. And so they started a group called the hero club and started showing other people how to live with their values, how to run their companies based on values. And they built up to about 26, 27 people. And then uh, that's when they saw what I was doing with the C-suite network and came to me. And I actually thought he was trying to hit me up for a a political contribution for Mitt Romney. So I kept ignoring him, you know, uh, because he was, he lived in Utah and I thought, oh my gosh, he's, he's a Mormon guy. He's probably going to hit me up for a contribution. So I kept ignoring him and then finally ran into him at the Rocky Mountain Economic Summit where I was covering it for Bloomberg. And he ran up and said, give me a dollar. And I'm thinking, well, what's a, what's a billionaire need a dollar for? And so I thought we well, must be a soda or something, you know, so I gave him a dollar and he goes, you just bought the hero club. And of course I said, well, what the hell's the hero club? And he told me the story and told me what it was. I said, I'm in. And then, um, I took a couple of days off after looked up the club, talked to the people, met with a number of them that were at that event. And then I went fly fishing for about three, four days up in, the, in Yellowstone. And I thought, what can make a bigger impact? And so I, I said, you know what we need? We need a pledge. And so I actually wrote up a pledge and I put it in the book and, um, and said, you, if you want to be a hero leader, you got to sign a pledge and you got to sign a pledge that basically you're not going to be an asshole and you're going to, you're going to be a real leader and you've got to lead the business the way it needs to be led. And that's what we did. And so we put that in place and that, that became the book. And so then I wrote a book all about it and about what makes these companies so good and where, where is your, you know, what are your values? Where's, what's your pledge where, you know, uh, what do you need to do and what's hero intensity? And so, cause nobody says, I, you know, I, I want to be a hero. No business leader I know wants to be a hero. They just want to run a great company. They want to do things and solve problems. They want to do things because of the way they do. And so, so I write about what's the hero factor. What are those characteristics? What's that intensity that's inside these leaders? And then, and then what's the scale of the business? So I put, you know, you could plot yourself out and know what your is. So, you know, what's your hero, hero, you know, hero, uh, intensity and then what's your operational intent uh, operational intensity and and or non and then um, by rating yourself you can see where your company is and where you need to go well we're running out of time as you know jeff so i want to make sure sorry we things <laughs> in. well i want to say a couple things about the the books uh we, we took a deep dive there and i really appreciate you sharing i'm going to read all of them and uh i have read the heroes so i'm looking forward to reading the other three we're not going to spend too much time on your new book but can you give us a 30 second tease it's all about the brand of you. Listen, you know, you know, when I left Kodak, I was on the front cover of uh, Forbes magazine, and the, uh, and they wrote this big story about the celebrity CMO, which is me. And I knew then the the power of being able to use you as a brand, sell you, sell the company, sell the company, sell yourself. And so, what we've seen with COVID right now is an intensity on the on you know a switching of digital content and this content has to always be around the you know the value of the brand and we used to get around it with great advertising and positioning and now you can't do that you got to be real 
And so I believe every company has to be a brand and every meaning a promise delivered and you have to get the word out and content's the way you do that. You got to tell the story. I don't care whether you're a dry cleaner and you got to be the, you know, Dr. Spots, you know, or, you're, you know, or you're, you know, one of the best, um, you know, that we've seen out there that runs for president or whatever, where they make themselves the brand. And now whether you like that or not, that's the way it's going to go. Well, I think that uh, your C-suite um, box set, I, I, I want to call it the C-suite university box set, C-suite <laughs> university box set. And, here, and, and, and underneath it, in the, in the, I guess the subline is, we'll read these and you don't even have a college loan to pay back. Oh, that's cool. Very good. Hey, by the way, the last one I have to tell you, but the last one I did a paperback only. I didn't even go to hard copy. I just said, look, nobody, you know, I lo- the only reason we do hard copy is because we like the hard copy. Right. Right. Um, and so I said, you know what, I'm going to be a little bit more and I'm an old printer and we're just going to go right to, uh, you know, a digital, a digital copy, which they could be printed on demand. And that's what we did. And it was a lot better, a lot better play. And I didn't use any endorsements. I had no endorsements in that book. I just said, yeah. heroes don't need it and I don't need it. So I, I just said no. Well, Jeff, what was one of your biggest challenges uh, that really had you ponder, are you in the right direction or you might have even considered quitting? Focus. It's always to okay. me focus. Yeah, it's like getting focused on you see so many opportunities, so many things in front of you that you've got to you got to put more wood behind the arrow. You got to figure out where the where you're going to spend your time. And then it's about getting to the, how you solve the problem. What's the biggest problem you're trying to solve and get that clear. It, it, even with the C-suite network, it was, it, it's taken me about three and a half years to figure out what I'm really trying to solve, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, it's, that's about creating a, a network, you know, where people can come and use, utilize content to get, you know, more business, to get greater knowledge, get greater education, great inspiration, motivation, you know, do you that's do an really event? what we're doing. What's that? You do an event for the C-suite network? Oh my gosh. We do like three or four events a week. Yeah. Okay. What I meant to say is uh, more of like a, a conference or we have in the past, but um, you know, I, I got a question whether we'll do great big conferences again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did, we like this. I mean, we have thousands of people participate every single month online, you know, right here in squares. Right. And, and I'm going like, man, I like it. I like it a lot and they like it. So yeah, we'll, I think we'll see much more intimate events. Um, you know, to with our hero club, our, our thought council, our manufacturers council, our women's leadership council, we have lots of peer to peer councils or masterminds. In fact, we just started the mastermind of mastermind, the mastermind council, where we're helping people who run masterminds. And, you know, we're leading lots of peer to peer councils and, you know, all underneath the C-suite uh, network, which is what we want. You know, it's kind of like the giant sequoia effect. Like you, you're under this big redwood tree, and you get you have this you know sh- big shelter and over over top of you, in this lush ecosystem. And that's really what the C suites in that. I, so I don't know that we'll have a a large. I mean, we just had somebody approach us, um, a major major bank approach us that to host lots of events. I mean, like one every week. I know a reason why to do it. Why? The key smiling movement. What, what well, we there like. There you to- go. We'd like to create a C-suite uh, network book, an edition, and that's the easiestly done. That's easier done when we actually get to see people take photos of them. Without question, yeah, it's always good to be able to to have the. And we we have enough events. I mean, we, you know, Secret Knocks one of those that's associated with us now. We're associated. Mm-hmm. We're partners together, um, and we're going to be doing a number of those this year. So we're what we're learning to use is use our media. You know, yeah. our C-suite TV, our C-suite radio, our book club as a way of associating ourselves with other events. And and we do the best of the best. Again, you got a heart problem, go to a cardiologist, not a general practitioner. And there's great people like Greg Reed and others who do great jobs of putting butts in seats. And, you know, and we do butts in seats, too. But I mean, with so many people doing it, let's go. Let's use the best of our best. And that's what we've been doing. When did, uh, when did you, I guess, discover or implement a why into your life and, and how does one do that? I think you, well, I think it helps when you've got great parents and great role models in your life to, to say what it is, you know, although what, well, you know, it was very tough. I moved out when I was 16. I've been on my own ever since then. And, um, and my parents died fairly young. 
So, you know, but the why is, and then I've had good people around me, like my, my wife, you know, if it hadn't been for my wife, I'd be dead. I've been no doubt about it. You know, I know me, I wouldn't be married to me. So, um, so, you know, she helped keep me that, you know, that yin and yang that we always talk about in life. And so, uh, I just found out that early can, this other way is painful and this way is much better. And I feel better when I do this than when I do this. So it's kind of like touching a hot stove. Oh, that's hot. Don't do that again. And that's how I had to learn. And I learned through that real school of hard knocks, but I had some good upbringing, you know, about clean your room, do the stuff right, do it right the first time, you know, all the little golden rules that we might put out there. Um, and then then surrounded myself with some really influential men in my life when I was very young, like uh, people you would never know. But I mentioned in my first book, uh, uh, you know, Jones, who was, um, who was my baseball coach when I was 14. I could have gone the wrong way while my dad was over in Vietnam. I could have gone the, you know, the absolute wrong way. And he and his brother were the coaches and then they became kind of like my surrogate parents. And then a man by the name of, of Frank Pynchon, who was a, a plumber who gave me a job when I was 14, 15. And uh, I dug ditches and did odd jobs and hauled tools for him and did stuff like that. Hated plumbing. But, you know, I can remember my first paycheck was 82 bucks. I remember buying gifts for my family, you know. Um, and then a guy named uh, John Timmer, who was a state legislator, who was a Republican um, on the op opposite side of the political spectrum. But he stood his ground and we got to be very good friends. And he taught me the nature of, of, of taking a stand. And Mike O'Connor, who I bought a print shop from uh, back in 1986, and, um, you know, I was doing business with him. He taught me the value of, of how to run that business every day, how to do a Z out, how to track your track, track, uh, daily sales to monthly sales to weekly sales and, and, uh, things like that. So it was people like that. Awesome. So we're going to go to rapid fire. This is the challenge, uh, for someone that you put the quarter and you get to see how many things they say. So, uh, <laughs> there's no, uh, there's no wiser reasons just real quick, uh, Questions and answers. Okay. You ready? Sure. Yeah. Uh, you can name a book. Or okay. Here we go. Name a book or two that changed your life. Uh, how to win friends and influence people. Um, you know, uh, Dale Carnegie, Og Mandino's the salesman. Think and grow rich. Think and grow rich. Those are the three. I read them every year. Awesome. awesome. Andrea? What's the song that you play to really get you jazzed up and moving? Uh, oh, well, I know most people won't like they won't think of this, but almost heaven, West Virginia. That's where I was from. So that, that I like that song a great deal. John Denver. Yeah. John Denver met him a number of years ago. It was a great, great opportunity. All right. Uh, a movie or two that inspires you. Oh, open range. Kevin Costner, and Robert Duvall, uh, yeah. quick, quickly down under, uh, things like that. Oh, Rudy. Rudy is awesome. Yeah. Amazing guy. Yeah. Uh, and when you were a little boy, what did you want to grow up to be? Uh, be my dad. Oh. Yeah. Be my dad. And what's a quote you live by? Uh, <laughs> it's from Shakespeare. Uh, Cry havoc and let, uh, let loose the dogs of war. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That's a new one on the show. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a good one. That's how I operate. Let's go, baby. Let's go do some damage, you know? Let's go out there and sell something or whatever we're doing. Cool. Andrea? Um, I, for sake of time, Ken, back to you. Okay. Um, who's someone that you haven't met that you'd like to meet? There, you, there isn't, Ken. I'm like one of those people that I don't, I don't want for a lot of things. Meaning, and, and look, I've lived my life where I, I run into people. Like, you know, like we were at Secret Knock. Gary Busey, who I we were on the Celebrity Apprentice together. Tom Arnold and I knew each other, and we were there. And they caught me in the lobby as we're going through. Busey's been calling me like crazy lately, and uh, you know, uh, I you know I ran into like another secret knock. I ran into Richard Dreyfus, and he and I got into this political debate, and we went in the hallway. And we had two hundred people sitting around us in the hallway just listening <laughs> to us talk. So I bet like, Greg loved that. <laughs> uh, well, I you know Greg Greg so he's so easy going that he it was okay, and he. Had had Vincent Fox up there, the president, former president of Mexico. So I don't think he was hurting. So, but <laughs> you know, the, I don't sit around hoping I have to meet anybody, everybody I know in my life, I know. And if I happen to meet other people that, well, what a blessing is that? And, and they are a blessing, but you can go see anyone you want to online anymore. Right. So you can kind of get a sense of what you want. But. 
Well, since we are out of time and I did want that pheasant story, where can one hear the pheasant story? Oh, you can go Google it online or you call me sometime. I'll tell it to you. It's a great story all about how to lose a, a lot of money and what they'll do to you and how you got to win it back. <laughs> That's very cool. Well, Jeff, you've been amplified. I'm really so glad that I got a chance to speak with you. It looks like uh, with your relationships and uh, your vision and mission, I, I hope to be alongside you and, and also amplify all those people too. So thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thanks for letting me be a part of the show today. My pleasure. All right, this is Ken Rashan on Voice America Amplified, and we are going to ask you to stay amplified. If you have an inspiring story, please send it in. We'd like to include you in the dose of hope. Andrea? And you can do that at www.thekeepsmilingmovement.com. And there's two different books that you can make an entry for, and that's The Dose of Hope and Hope is Dope, both easy to do. And uh, you just fill out the drop form and send that in. And we are based on donations and sponsorship. So if you have an abundance, an abundant heart and you would like to be able to help share those smiles, because we literally save lives with smiles by creating a dose of hope, dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins all are let down when you give a great big smile. So visit us at www.thekeepsmilingmovement.com and make your donation and submit your chapters. We would love to have them. And uh, we want to thank menfashion.com, Voice America Influencers Channel, the Red Carpet Connection, the Umbrella Syndicate, and don't forget about Perfect Publishing as well. And thank you so much for joining us. Back to you, Ken. Yes, thank you very much. Jeff, any, uh, any other words you'd like to give a wisdom for 2022? Hey, go get it done. Uh, figure out what your key conditions of satisfaction are for the next year in your life, your business, for you and your family, and also for you spiritually. And make sure you know what those are and focus in on them for the next year. Hey, Ken, we just got a Very good. I can't have- wait for your uh, books to be in a box. <laughs> We just got, I I noticed we have two, uh, like a two minute little extra that I didn't know about. So Jeff, for the Keep Smiling movement, you know, we really do want the movement to be a hero for people's lives. So any advice for Ken and I in this partnership of trying to save the world? (laughs) Well, you know, the thing is content, 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 whether you're doing it from a book or you're doing it on a podcast, you're doing it with video. I think right now, the key game is to get the message out to people who are looking for it. So, you know, a lot of folks don't know to even take advantage of some of the tools that are out there on Google to find out what, what are people searching for? Mm-hmm. And you can see what they're searching for every single day. And you can see those rankings and then to build content to meet those rankings to meet those things that people are searching for. Um, a lot of people try to go out there and build a baseball field and hope they'll come. And all you'll have is a baseball field in the middle of Iowa. And what you really need to be doing is, is focusing in on the key messages that people want and need right now. And the more that you can do that and create content around it, that's just absolutely awesome. Well, very good. Jeff, thank you so much for your wisdom. I look forward to that box set being available. I'd buy it for myself for Christmas if it was already a box set, but I'll just go with (laughs) the three individuals until we get the fifth. And I I look forward to, oh, we are doing um, an author tour too. So we would love to bring your books along on that tour. Absolutely. Love it. All right. Well, thank you very much. Again, Ken Roshan on Amplified. We look forward to seeing you and next week with more exciting guests. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashad again next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go get your message heard.